Broadcasting from the Stolen Droids Hangout, it's the Stolen Droids Podcast. Hello and welcome to Stolen Droids Podcast, episode number 278. This is Colin. Holy crap. I'm Zoner. I'm Zook. <laughs> I, I think we all just pooped a little bit. Uh, just a, hey. It's a tiny bit. like 10 minutes ago, so it's all good. But we haven't until about 30 well, seconds ago. We were holding. Welcome. We were in a holding pattern. I'm just trying to get you guys on a good cleanse. You're not dead, man. Yeah, you know, occasionally I like to resurrect from the dead. It's been a while, so I figured I might make an appearance. I, I'm not sure if I should make a Doctor Who joke or a Jesus joke or, or what. I figured we'd just see you on the news like a bloated body washed up on the shore of the Oregon coast, but... You know, apparently not. Just the, with the random twitch or... or... <laughs> Tourette's doesn't leave at death. Fun fact. Apparently not. <laughs> Makes burying them very difficult. Oh, gosh. Um, <laughs> so when you're walking through the cemetery at night and you hear somebody swearing... Yeah, they probably just had Tourette's and were buried, you know. Hear this it, random it, knocking underground. Yeah, it, it's not somebody that was buried alive. All the ghost stories of years past suddenly explained. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, now that, wow, we have we really went off the rails fast there. But, hey, welcome back, Colin. Did we, though, Zeus? I think we did. Yes, yes. Uh, we're brought to you by our friends over at trekradio.net, kryptonradio.com, openbookaudio.com, stitcher.com, WP Cycle Web Hosting, Geek Factor Radio, Radio KSCR. Who got their episode last week? Yep. Well done, sir. Yep. And by Salt Lake Comic Con. Who well they've provided you an interesting opportunity. You guys are you guys are movie stars now. We are movie we stars. Are. We're, we're kind we're of a kind big of deal. A, yeah, that's what I was just gonna say. We're kind of a big deal. I think the ladies will be swarming us as soon as this movie releases. Yes. Well, just so long as you can keep yourself from being dead and bloated and twitchy, yes. Well, I don't know. I think that stuff attracts women. <laughs> don't try and change me. <laughs> you don't Can't know me. change who I am. So, um, you know, that's funny, though, because Colin's twitchy. I'm bloated. So, I mean, we, we almost got the trifecta going on. Uh, yeah, yeah. We're two in the same, same pod. Ew. 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 Oh, that's an- no. That sounds like another sci-fi movie. <laughs> So, um, some backstory at the last Salt Lake Comic Con event, uh, no, Fanex, yeah, sorry, they were doing some filming, and you guys happened to be filmed. Yes, yeah, they were filming Sharknado Four, and uh, that's not been a big surprise or a big secret up to this point. I don't think since they've got the trailers and everything that have been out for a while. Uh, but the other night, I got a text from Diana Terranova, who, if you don't know who she is, just Google her, not at work, um, uh, whom <laughs> I interviewed at, at uh, FanX, and I think we're still waiting to post that, Sippy, get on that. Um, but she texted me just out of the blue and said, oh, footage from Comic-Con is up. You need to check it out. So I did, and sure enough... There's me and Colin at the 19-second mark, and then Diana Terranova takes a swordfish to the chest and dies a horrible death. Oh, so sad. Yes, much tragic. 
Yeah, Dan Farr didn't fare much better. Our governor is surprisingly bad at that, though. He's a uh, he's got a wicked backhand. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I think maybe someone should go play tennis with him. Yeah, indeed. All right. Well, um, speaking of movies coming out and Comic Cons, this actually was already news by the. No, hold on. I'm doing this entirely out of order because we have feedback. Okay. Yeah, we were just screwing that up left and right. Okay. It's only been five years. You'd think we'd learn by now, but no. Yeah, you'd think. Okay, so um, we have an email here from Paul. It says, thanks again for the show. I have some questions for you. Uh, one, is it just me or have the days of masses of people using third-party Android ROMs died? It may just be that most Android phones have software iterations that are closer to stock or at least scaled back the bloatware, cough Samsung. Uh, number two, as previously mentioned, with the G5, are mo- modular phones going to become a thing? It's now confirmed that I slash we suspected that the G5 has been a toxic decision for LG, but what about Mo- Motorola stab at it with the Moto Mates? Personally, I just can't ever see people really buying into a smartphone with bits you need to add on. Number three, looking forward into the next five years, what do you think the rise and falls of the smartphone brand will be? I think Samsung's have most of the magic smartphone formula at the moment, so I can see them holding and increasing their market share. LG will probably decline significantly and move more towards budget devices. Sony will continue to recede at a steady pace as the Xperia range continues to underwhelm everyone. Apple is the one I don't have a handle on, and I guess the iPhone 7 will be the tell. Thanks again. Well, those are some interesting questions there, right? I mean, I used to use ROMs like crazy. Um, and in fact, my LG G3, I had um, Cyanogen installed on that. What about you guys? Uh, I was a big ROM guy. In fact, I think I flashed so many different ROMs on my Incredible 2 that it caused a premature death from the constant flashing Um but yeah, you know that's an that is an interesting question, and I've actually wondered that myself. If the ROMs are just going away, or if I'm just not having the need for them, and I think it's a little bit of both. I think we don't have as many ROM developers because there's not as great of need for them. A lot of the a lot of the um, software that comes on smartphones now. I think has taken a lot of the features that you used to only be able to get from a custom ROM and baked it into their actual phone. So you don't really need to go look for a third party to get that functionality like you used to. But there is still a a healthy ROM community. Um, There's a lot of of people out there uh, that are still doing them. Uh, But I, I think that there's just not the need like there once was. Mm, I agree, but I disagree at the same time. Uh, the big reason I went to ROMs is because typically, like with my G3, um, LG took long enough to get it onto the newest iteration, onto Ice Cream Sandwich and then onto Marshmallow, that I found I could get it faster by getting a third-party ROM. Yeah, that does play into it too. And so it's like it's as long as my S7 is kept up to up to date and Samsung doesn't take too long at bringing out uh, nougat, I probably will just stay with the stock. Can we root the S7 yet? Um, I think we can, but I think then we lose our Samsung Pay ability, which is yeah, that's not happening. Yeah, I'm not giving that up. 
Or you could just get an iPhone and not have to worry about any of that. Yeah, that's that's not not having to worry. That means we don't have the choice to. So explain this to me, Mr. iPhone fanboy. Oh, yes. That's like someone in China telling us, hey, if you lived here, you wouldn't have to deal with that pesky freedom. (laughs) (laughs) So iPhones, like, claim that they have, like, great glass and all this stuff. How come, like, two-thirds of every every iPhone that I see out there in the wild has a shattered screen? Uh, That's because everyone decided to start playing Pokemon Go and going on hikes. And they were probably like my girlfriend who decided to slide down a staircase land of um, while we were hiking and land her palm right onto her phone in the middle of rocks. It was not good. The whole phone was torn apart. Ouch. That- but I assume it is because Ladies? of Pokemon Go Adventures. Ladies, did you hear that? He said girlfriend. Oh, sorry, ladies. I am no longer single. Colin is off the market. So soon after the movie, we just announced it like eight minutes ago. I know, right? Wow, she worked they fast. Just, they saw the trailer, and she was just like, mm, gonna snatch me up some of that? We're, we're, we're still recording in progress. That's amazing. Well, to be fair, I think a lot of the people who have problems with keeping their iPhones from being cracked, are they'd be the same way if they had the S7. The S7 is mostly glass as well. But I think Android people are more likely to have actual usable cases on their phones. That is true, instead yeah. of just the decorative yeah. crap. Uh, let's, let's move quickly and here. Most women actually use iPhones, too. They don't use Androids for the most part. Yeah. And they go for their pretty cases which offered like no protection yeah they're like bedazzled yeah uh uh, his second question was about the uh, modular phones um i like the motorola one the moto mates i think it's just gorgeous however i've been reading some reviews and they've brought because i've never actually had my hands on a modular phone before uh well except for the g5 but i've never seen any of the uh, the little friends that go with it and they bring up some interesting points that I had never considered about it. They said that, in theory, the idea of having an extra battery pack is awesome. Or the extra projector or speakers, hey, that's all really good. Except it's not, because you can only use that function when it's connected to your phone. Which means, okay, that's awesome, you've added speakers. But now you either have, you're either carrying around a, a jukebox or you have to leave your phone somewhere for the speakers to work. Okay. That's great. There's a projector, but again, you've just left your phone somewhere to be the projector. And every time you tap the thing, you're still bumping the projector and moving it around or awesome. You have the extra battery and that's always useful, but you can only actually charge the thing through the phone because the battery itself doesn't have a charge port. And wouldn't it be nice if you could actually, I don't know, use the projector and the speakers at the same time, kind of have a miniature home theater? You can't. You can only use one at a time. Or, I don't know, the projector and the battery to have longer runtime for an entire movie? Yeah, you can't do that either. So I, I like the idea of a modular phone. I don't know if we're there yet. I think the Project Aria, which I think is now just stalled but i think it's the better idea where instead of having these accessories the modular phone can be t- 
tailored to how you actually use it day to day. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm totally with you on that. I like the Project Aria a lot more. It just seems more practical. Now, Colin, um, a modular phone is a phone that you can actually take pieces <laughs> off and put other pieces on. Really? And a phone wow. is... <laughs> and it's also something that Thanks, you probably won't see from Apple until Android's had it for three to five years. But then when they do release it, innovative. Oh, yeah. And we will begrudgingly totally have to admit that it looks gorgeous. Be great. You guys will bow down to its power. Um, the last one, uh, and we're taking quite a while here, but... Uh, but it's fun. It is. Uh, the last one, what is going to happen? <sighs> you know, I think LG has... I think their eyes have really been opened with the failure of the G5, and they're going to be announcing another phone here at the end of this quarter that everyone is fairly certain is going to be the V20, the follow-up to the V10 that Schmidty has. If they kind of return, not necessarily to their roots, because that makes it sound like they're going back to their phone from 10 years ago, but return to what made the G2, G3, and G4 awesome, and the V10, if they can return to that formula and really just make it incredible, they'll recover. They'll recover quite a bit. Um, if they can do it right, they probably won't have an S7 killer, but it'll at least help them save a lot of face and staunch the bleeding that the G5 caused. Yeah, I don't know. I'm very... Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I, I th think I you're think completely you're... wrong. Really? I think that Microsoft is going to buy all of those companies. And they're going to force good old Windows Mobile old school version on everyone's phone. Microsoft buying all Android manufacturers <laughs> would be the best thing to happen to Apple ever. <laughs> I'm not wrong. No. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, as for Apple, I don't know what they're doing. And that sounds like I'm just not researching, but truth be told, They've been very tight-lipped. I'm not sure Apple they know. know what they're doing. Yeah, I don't think they know what they're doing, do they? No. Like, I'm trying the iOS 10 beta right now, and, like, there's nothing new that's that's been there. I mean, they've got the new widgets page, which is pretty much just what's been on every single Android for, like, the last, I don't Forever. know, 10 years. <laughs> and they've got little tweaks to its messaging, but that's about it. I mean, it really doesn't have any cool features behind it. I think they've kind of reached a state where they're just waiting for someone else to come along and figure out something cool and then try to innovate off of it. Well, let me ask this, and this actually, you know, let, let's let's bring up here, this is one of our headlines, but we're already 15 minutes into the show, so I think bringing a headline into this feedback works. Apple actually had their one billionth phone roll off the assembly line this week. And it's worth noting, that's an incredible number. That's a, that's a huge number. And we've, we've gone on this show and said before, we've given credit where it's due. Apple deserves all the credit for bringing the smartphone into the common, common lexicon. You know, it's, they do. It, they, they really changed how, 
how we use our phones. Well, my question then is, are we to the point where we are just waiting for the next change? Has Apple stalled out with iOS? Has Android... Have we hit the point where Android is just refining? Every iteration is just refining. Every iteration of iOS is just refining. I think we have, actually. That's that's what it seems to me. Yeah, everything is just trying to get cleaner and be more effective at this point. It's, but really, really, there's no new features that I can think of that you really need on your day to day phone. You think that, but we said the same thing before the iPhone came out. True. But you stop and think, what more can we do with the phone? What other stuff can happen with it? I think that something along the lines of Project Aria is going to be a big leap forward. However, that's more hardware-based. That's not really features or, you know, that's that's not that's not your everyday experience other than, you know, this is what I put into it type of deal. True. True. I, I get the feeling that we've reached a really, really strange impasse with our mobile devices. The The desire there is there to bring our cloud information and our cloud tools into the real world, kind of the augmented reality that HoloLens and Google Glass is trying and uh, Oculus Rift and everything else that no one really knows how to do it. It's the next logical step, but no one has this first clue. And again, you know, if Apple's the one who brings us, who ushers in that next wave, more power to them. But it doesn't feel like they have any idea either at the moment. I really don't think that they do. Yeah. All right. Uh, it was long, but, but but Paul, thank you for the feedback. Hey, if you have feedback for us, write us feedback at StolenDroids.com. Give us a call, 801-917-GEEK. Um, I was going to bring up a little bit before, but before we do, uh, Salt Lake Comic Con, getting close. Get, it is. Getting real close. Beginning of September. Yeah, first September weekend in September. First through third? Yeah. First through the third. We're, as of right now, we are 34 days away. By the time you listen to this, you'll probably be, I don't know, 30 days away. Ooh, good math. Maybe. Good math. Um, I, I math good. <laughs> um, before we jump in, you wanted to talk about some Comic-Con stuff. But while we're talking about Apple, uh, let's hit one of our other headlines here, though. Oh, the fact that somehow, and I don't, I want to be a financial analyst. I, I'm telling you, because if I can say that, oh, they're going to drop this amount of money and still surprise me. To me, that tells you that financial analysts don't know what they're talking about. Apple dropped 27%. Their profits did. Over the previous quarter. Yeah, quarter over quarter. And yet somehow it still beat expectations. So they're excited. I, I think what that means is they expected to be a complete train wreck where they were just instead kind of a fender bender. It's still a bad day. I mean, their profits are falling, but they're still profitable. Mm-hmm. Now, they're That's what happens when you have Chinese robots making your phone. Exactly, exactly. You don't have to you just give them a little bit less oil. Um they have found that their uh, iPhone 6S and 6S Plus aren't really selling. 
that people are perfectly happy with the 6 and 6 Plus. And when I talked about it last week, that the iWatch, the, uh, the Apple Watch, is like no one's buying it anymore. It is single-handedly tanking the smartwatch industry. I think for the first time in a long time, even Apple users are just happy with what they've got. You know, and I don't mean that to sound like an insult. That's it is what it is. They're just happy with what they already have. They didn't need it any faster. Do you think that's a reflection of the state of our economy, or do you think that people are just coming to the realization that every time Apple comes out with a new product, they don't need to go buy it? I think you've still got those people who who are those diehard fans and have to buy it, but I think it's I think it is a mix like of like you. Uh well, and even <laughs> me, like I don't use my Apple Watch. I bought it, I used it for the first couple weeks that I had it. And now it just kind of sits, you know, in my room and doesn't do anything ever. I ended up using my Fitbit more than I use that. And so, really, its features are just, they're kind of pointless. There's nothing awesome and hip about using the, the iWatch. I think, and this is me speculating, but my speculating is usually pretty spot on. I think part of the problem has also been the people who were those diehard Apple fans that needed every new iteration of Apple whatever, they've grown up. Okay, we just talked about how the one billionth iPhone rolled off the assembly line. That means that if you were one of the first people who had the original iPhone, and let's be perfectly honest here okay the only people who had the very first generation iphone were hardcore apple fans who were buying every single thing the iphone didn't get awesome until the 3g and then the 3gs came out and was just amazing okay the the iphone and the iphone 3g were were good but the 3gs really just was excellent but they've all gotten older. I mean, that's we're talking, what, five, six years ago? People can't keep doing that. And most of the people who were at that stage where they could buy all that stuff probably are older, married, families. They can't keep doing that. And the younger generation has grown up with a new Apple device every single year, like clockwork. So they know that they don't really have to excitedly bite at the bit every single time because there's going to be another one coming around the corner any moment. Yeah, I, I, I almost feel like this is a situation Apple has put itself into by being this way with their releases, by having an incremental upgrade every single year. Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. I know I can't afford a new phone every year. <laughs> I couldn't then either, yeah. but... <laughs> but, well, you know... With most when, people's plans, though, too, these days, I mean, T-Mobile has their jump plan. You pay off half your phone, you're into the next phone. Uh, companies are getting to the point where it's, like, free upgrades throughout the year. Every single year, you're getting a new phone. I mean, it's... The upgrades are going to happen no matter what. I think if providers keep on doing that, then they're going to keep upgrading to those newest latest phones. I think phones are a lot different than the accessories. 
Yeah, I agree. Accessories I, I see dying out. I don't see dying out of upgrading your phones. That's fair. Zana, you were about to say something? Uh, you know, though, I think in my experience, I don't want a new phone every year. If I have a phone that I really like, I want to ride that thing until I can't ride it anymore. You know? Like, my S3 was that way. My Nexus 5 is that way. I think my S7 is probably that way, too. I'm just going to use it until I can't use it anymore. Mm, I agree. Because I really like the phone. And so I see no need to go get a new phone, let alone an incremental upgrade of my current phone. I mean, that would be like me going and, and taking my S7 and getting an S7 active. An yeah, S7S. And yeah, S7A. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? It just it doesn't make a lot of sense to me personally. Now, maybe if I had thousands and thousands of dollars each month of disposable income, my attitude would be different. But if I get a phone, you know, uh, the way that our society is now, our phones have kind of become an extension of us. We always have our phone on us. And it's like you were saying, talking about the the LG, you don't want to have to leave your phone somewhere. Right. Because it's it's part of us. And, you know, you become attached, and if it works really well, you don't want it to go anywhere. At least I don't. No, I agree. I agree. Um, okay, so I'm making an executive decision right here on the fly. This is uh, during show producing, okay? We're going to cycle circle back to the comic-con stuff uh, and everything else on a new episode of generic geek podcast which we'll be recording right after this um so let's go on to our next headlines you know funny enough i actually was going to record generic geek podcast tonight with intern emma ah she, she doesn't know that intern yet. emma intern emma. yeah you haven't been on oh, for a while dude go. you've been replaced by a younger, hotter no. model. Man. I can't say that. That's Zoner's daughter. Never mind. No, you can't. That's horrible. <laughs> I I feel appalled and disgusted. But no, I'd much rather do it with my regular co-host. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay, so let's uh, let's follow up on Pokemon Go, the the game that has stolen the news cycle for three weeks now. And Evidently, a lot of investors in Nintendo, a lot of shareholders, people who were buying stock and really going all crazy, the ones who raised Nintendo's valuation by like $12 billion, never booted up the game because there's a very specific name that's missing on the first few splash screens, and it happens to be Nintendo. Yeah, now Nintendo owns what, about... 30-something percent of Pokemon? Yeah, 32%. Yeah. The Pokemon company is 32% owned by Nintendo. So Nintendo does have a stake in this. However, they didn't build the game. Right. It's not their game. And like you said, yeah, they do make a little bit of money, but uh, they made a very clear announcement to their shareholders going, in case you were misinformed or thinking you're going to just make it rich, we didn't make this game. And immediately their stocks fell like over a billion dollars. Uh, at one point on Monday, they were down 17%, which va- which represents about $6.4 billion with a B. Now, th- they still are 
doing okay, considering they first initially jumped up 12. Uh, at one point, I think I saw they were up 50%. Yeah. So they're not hurting, but I just find it real funny. And we we didn't really help either. I mean, when I say we, I mean the media, because... <laughs> I just called us the media. Um, I caught that. I, it's like when they call us press when we go and do things. Oh, that's adorable. Um, but it's like <laughs> even though we knew it wasn't made by Nintendo, we didn't make that clear either. We've just been reporting on the news without actually telling people, hey, by the way, this isn't a Nintendo game. I didn't know that that was really necessary to say, though. Maybe it was. I didn't I either, know. and that's kind of the reason I didn't bring you'd, it up. You'd I think mean, with all branding that the game has had that there, there wouldn't be any question on that. Yeah, you would think, but I I mean, you've got a bunch of like old people with a lot of money that are deciding where to put their their stock or their their cash from the mayonnaise jar, what stock to put it into. And their and, grandkids tell Nintendo. Yeah. <laughs> they're like, they're like, oh well, this Pokemon thing is is going. So Nintendo is is Pokemon, and I I think that people just assumed, and we know what happens when you assume. You <laughs> you make an educated wrong. guess based on extrapolation. Yes. Yes. Exactly. Yeah, totally that. Good. You said extrapolation. <laughs> um, speaking of, I'm halfway to a freaking Gyarados, and I couldn't be more proud. How are you finding all those Magikarp? They're all over the ground. I can't find them anywhere. Which is funny, because in the game, they flop on their side. It makes it look like a plague has come through, and they're just like, <laughs> like the tide has gone out. There's just dead fish everywhere. I've is seen that where Schmitty ended up? Is Schmitty a magic carp? Yeah, he is actually. Don't well, Schmitty, Schmitty is the, the source. He's the plague. source of the magic carp plague. <laughs> you know, though, I saw one on Pokevision.com the other day, a magic carp, for the first time. And I was at work, so I couldn't get it. Uh, but, yeah, there people are like, I'm tripping over these things. And meanwhile, I'm sitting here thinking, another Pidgey. I keep on finding a ton of Jinx in Salt Lake City. Like, Do Jinx yeah, I, I caught one the other day for the first time. In fact, yesterday, by your office. Yeah, my office decides to put up lures pretty much every 30 minutes while we're there. So we're just catching Pokemon left and right every day. Yeah. Uh, it's great. Um, the productivity at my office is just drop dead. I'm not really sure we even still do business. <laughs> Oh, really? And I'm like one of two people in my office that admit to playing. I'll go out at lunch. I don't care. <laughs> I pick it up on occasion if it's if it's a little slow, but um, it's not, not that slow. Not quite in video game news, but mobile app news will go with Google a launched, a launched, yeah, that's a word, announced slash launched a new feature called Family Library to the Play Store. About freaking time it really is isn't it okay so if you're like zoner and i and have kids or whatnot and they have tablets well you're put in a funny position here because 
you want them to have some games or some apps, but many times it requires a Google Play login. And if it's an app you bought, that means you have to sign in as you onto their tablet in order to download it. But that means typically because Android takes that login and puts it everywhere else as well, they may also be getting your email and calendar invites and all sorts of fun stuff, which leads to a bit of a nightmare where it comes to having to, okay, let's lock down email, let's lock down calendars, lock down all this stuff, basically turning the thing into a glorified Game Boy. One way around that is to have a child account. Well, this gets a lot better now because Google's Play Store now allows the family library. So Zoner's kids have their own tablets and their own Google Play account. Zoner links their accounts to him, saying that they are all part of the same library, and he downloads, you know, Stolen Droids the game. By the way, Stolen Droids the game. It's not a real thing, but man, it sounds awesome. And he adds it to the family library. <laughs> it by now being in the family library, anyone else in his family now also has access to download and install it. Yes, and I actually invited my entire family to do it tonight when I was told that it's now available for me. I tried yesterday, and I was told, this is not available for your account. Yeah, Go away. Not available for me yet either, but... But yeah, it's it's good today. Uh, Spotify actually just released the same exact thing. Did they? Yeah. Can you install yeah, apps can through just, Spotify? You can't install apps through then Spotify. Then shut up. But <laughs> you can Stop trying to, to steal our thunder. Gosh dang it. <laughs> Why do you have to be that way, Colin? Because let's be honest here. A hell of a lot of people use Spotify more than they're going to use Google Family Library. I don't. I do not agree. I do. I completely no. I completely agree with myself. I fight, 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 fight. This would be the equivalent of someone doing the same thing for the Apple App Store. I mean, the Google Play Store. Yeah, a lot of people who don't use Android may not think about it, but the Google Play Store is how we control all movies we bought, all TV shows we bought, all music we bought. No, actually, no. I, I strike that last one. All apps we bought. Music, you still got to pay what, like fifteen bucks a month? Right. Or that's something why I had to. That's plan. why I had to amend myself there because uh, the Google Play Music family plan you you have to pay for. But I see many, many, many more people. My kids don't listen to Spotify. They don't care. Not yet. When they get older, they will. Okay. Well, when that happens, they can buy their own freaking Spotify account. Well, just. <laughs> Remember, sharing is caring. <laughs> um, okay, let's go into... Um, hmm. Let's do funny, funny, funny news. BlackBerry released a quote-unquote new phone. <laughs> I, I actually have a little bit of inside information on this one from a previous um, career. So do I. They suck. Yeah, well, that's a that's a given. Now, Alcatel, um, I've actually done a lot of a lot of work with. I'm, I'm going to stop company. you right there, dear listener. The name Alcatel. Think about that name, and immediately yes. think of what 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 image does it conjure up? If you're drawing a blank, that says something. If it's steaming pile, that also says something. 
See, I was going to go with steaming pile. Yeah. I've I've experienced a lot of their phones over the years. Yeah. A lot. Most people and, in the US don't aren't familiar with them by name and those who are wish they weren't. So, now now continue. Yeah. They're they're a low-end phone and it's appropriate because BlackBerry is a low-end phone manufacturer. Shots fired. <laughs> I mean, that's like that's like when you step on a piece of dog crap and grabbing another piece of dog crap to wipe it off. You know, when it's time for them to release another phone on a schedule like every other provider, let's say next year, they're just going to release the same phone and take off the camera. So this is... The reason we keep bringing this up is because... The new BlackBerry, and I can't, I haven't even memorized the name yet. And yes, you have to memorize the name because it's, it, it's not an actual name. What is it here? The DTEK 50. This is the BlackBerry Neon that we mentioned in previous shows, one of the not quite noble gases. Um, <laughs> now, it is not trying to be a flagship phone. In fact, it's half the price of the Priv. It's still overpriced by at least a hundred dollars. But you know what? So is like a Prius. A Prius is like half the price of the Priv. I mean, that's an expensive piece of hardware there. Yeah. But you guys, it supports up to a two terabyte micro SD card. No one cares. <laughs> <laughs> How how many two terabyte SD cards do you have lying around, Colin? None. And how many would you dare put into a an Alcatel built BlackBerry? Absolutely none. <laughs> That's like buying the super premium gas for your old Yugo. It's like why? What what are you hoping to accomplish with that? For anyone younger than like sixteen, a Yugo is just just Google it. Okay, so this thing has like a, a now aging Snapdragon six seventeen processor, um, and I'm being honest there. It's showing its age. It's not it's not really a great spring chicken anymore. Three gigs of RAM, which isn't bad. A thirteen megapixel camera, which is okay. You know, um, internal storage is only sixteen gigs. That's a problem. Even though the SD card is huge, considering that Android no longer allows you to merge the storage together, that's a problem. Uh, now, BlackBerry's going, okay, but yeah, this is a secure phone because it's a BlackBerry, right? Everything's secure. Wonderful. IT departments are going to love this. They're going to have to support it. They're not going to love it. Yeah. I don't want to ever see a BlackBerry mobile server in my life ever again. Yeah. Um, and Engadget starts their review of this perfectly, saying, quote, BlackBerry's back again. And this time it's rocking some hard Alcatel hardware with an awful name. Oh, BlackBerry. <laughs> End quote. So, um, yeah, I can't wait to see what uh, what's the other one. Krypton and... Argon? Argon, Argon, I think was the other one. Yeah, yeah, I don't remember, but I don't care. The only reason I even pay attention to BlackBerry is so we can talk to, talk about them on the show. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, 
I'm right there with you. Uh, I, my I big question is, is, who do we think is going to even carry this? Is this a Metro PCS exclusive or what? Cricket Wireless. Oh, good one. Yeah. Good one. CD, US Cellular. CDW. Yeah, straight to IT departments. You can buy them in packs of 20. <laughs> yeah, I, I think this may show up at, at Cricket Wireless, to be honest with you. Yeah. Because, I mean, let's face it, Alcatel is not known for being high-end hardware. They're not really known for anything other than the whole steaming pile that we talked about earlier. Agreed. And when you think of really bad hardware, who do you think of? I think of Cricket. So, that's my bet. We may have just insulted a great... Ooh! Fast Talk Wireless. Yes, it'll be a Walmart exclusive through the prepaid plans. Oh my gosh. <laughs> is this going to be prepaid, do you think? Maybe. Do you think they'll release it as a prepaid that's, device? It's not a, that's a way that the prepaid people can have what they feel is a high-end phone. Oh, yeah, I've got a BlackBerry. I, I'm cool because it's 1995. <laughs> um, in other what news? Vizio. Okay, so Vizio is an American company. It entered into the TV scene. Colin, what are you doing to your microphone? Uh, I was actually plugging in my laptop. Okay. In which the microphone was in my way. Professional podcasters, people. That's what we are. Thank you. Um, So Vizio, when it first came onto the scene, they were making some TVs, and they were cheap, and they were crap. And they very quickly changed that. I mean, they were still affordable, but their quality got better and better and better. And their prices, their premium never really went up. And you could still buy them at Walmart. Yeah. I mean, you go buy your TV at Walmart. Serious? Yeah. They were oftentimes half the price of their competitors, and they started branching out in other areas. You can buy sound bars, Blu-ray players, uh, receivers. No, I don't think the receivers yet, but uh, they even went to the computer market with monitors and, and laptops and tablets. And their entire goal was, I remember reading an interview with the CEO, that their entire business model was to get into an industry and disrupt it to the best of their abilities. To which I'd say they did a pretty freaking good job. Achievement unlocked. Exactly. Um, so imagine our surprise this week when they say they've been bought. They got bought by Lico. Is it Lico? Is it or is it La Eco or is it La Echo? We don't care. It's China. Um, and for only two billion dollars. Well, to be fair, that's half of Yahoo's worth. I, I, <laughs> I feel like it should be a lot more. I don't know. I mean, they are Walmart TVs. Yeah, no, I get that. But it's it's the market share they already have. The, and, well, and it's good stuff, too. I actually bought a Vizio a few years ago. Unfortunately, it died like three years later, almost to the day. Uh, but that's okay because I replaced it with the Roku TV that I love. I'm just but, saying, Echo, Echo, Echo. Who are these people? I've never heard of these. This They're company. a Chinese manufacturer that ma- make phones. 
And I've seen their name pop up from headline to headline, but they don't have any real market here in the U.S. Um, I defy anyone to find me in the wild or even reviews on U.S. sites of any of their stuff. So really what they bought is a foot into the door of the U.S. market, which I believe should be worth a bit more than $2 billion with how many uh, roads they just had open to them to U.S. retailers. But one would think maybe not. All I know is I posted this in the show notes and Schmidt was like, who <laughs> they got bought by who? Well, the interesting thing about this, I mean, we talked last week about China buying opera mm-hmm. and we just kind of by default assume that it's the government. Are we looking at the government being involved here and are they going to start watching us as we watch TV? Is this 1984? Yes. Yeah. Colin looks like he's going to have a stroke there. It would be great. I mean, the, I'm really excited for that. The stroke? Uh, all of the above. The stroke, Chinese cameras, would be fantastic. So. I don't know. I think we could go right down the conspiracy rabbit hole when it comes to any Chinese company. But to be perfectly honest, this is going to sound insulting, uh, and I'm just forewarning you there. The only thing that the Chinese culture likes more than control, it's profit. So I really do think they're just trying to get profit out of this. So, Well, let's hope. All I know is that if the newest line of Vizio TVs come with a built-in webcam, then we can worry. Then you just take some black electrical tape and stick it over it. Um, into some scandal news. So we talked, did we talk last week about uh, WikiLeaks releasing the DNC emails? No. I thought we did, but I, don't, I think you're did right. We? I, I don't think we did. Yeah, I, I think we missed that. Um, so, WikiLeaks released a whole ton of emails from uh, the Democratic National Convention. Um, yeah, basically all you Bernie supporters saying that uh, they were trying to force him out. The, turns fi- out the, the fix was in. Yeah, the fix was in. T- turns out turns out you were right. Um, yeah, you were absolutely right. Uh, so, WikiLeaks releases all this stuff. And it's made massive political headlines, and people are trying to share it. Well, where's the number one place they share news? Because it's a news site? Facebook. But people were noticing that the links they shared weren't going through, or the posts they were writing weren't getting posted. Technical glitches, of course. Facebook basically just, not even basically, they did admit that they were actually censoring, they were blocking posts about this. Yeah. Now, the last I saw, they they admitted it, however, they wouldn't give a reason why. So we're did, admitting did it, but it was technical glitches? Yeah, they, they said, yeah, we did do it, but no reason was given. That That was the last I saw. So, I guess they were kind of honest. I use Facebook, okay? I, it's a great way to keep in touch with my family, to show them what's happening with my kids. It's just easier that way. But I dare say that society would probably be better off if it just disappeared tomorrow. I straight up despise it. 
I'll just say that right now. Not to the point of Schmitty where he's just gone from it altogether. Yeah, he's he just burned himself out from the entire system. Yeah. I mean, and he he frequents um, LO and Google Plus now because Google fanboy. (laughs) But, yeah, I think it's just, I hate Facebook. It's because you guys are a bunch of old fogies. Shut up and get off my lawn, young man. The new age media, my friend. It's not going anywhere. Get used to it. He just likes being a cog in the machine. I'm just stating facts. (laughs) Whereas uh, my generation, we make the machines. We are the machines. Yeah, we just automate all your crap now. See, so something (laughs) from the younger generation here, these bitcoins... These there bitcoins. A Florida judge, uh, in a case about money laundering, a gentleman was selling bitcoins, and he sold some to some undercover cops who stated they were going to use them for illegal purposes. And then he was arrested for money laundering because of it. The judge threw out the case, stating that it's not a real currency. It's not actually managed by any bank. Ergo, it can't be considered laundering. I kind of like that, but I kind of am terrified by it as well, thinking here's another perfect example of some old judge who does not understand how technology works in the 21st century. Yeah, I mean... I'm... This was an eight-page ruling, and of course this article only hits the highlights. I think the big parts that it misses out on is that to be considered money laundering, it had to not only facilitate the crime, it actually had to encourage the crime, and in this case, you can't prove that. So it's like, on one hand, I'm happy that she threw it out, because she threw it out for all the right reasons, but Zahner's right. It's like, okay, but what kind of precedent are you setting for saying... Eh, yeah, go ahead, because we know that money laundering with Bitcoin is a real thing. And we know that Bitcoin is used oftentimes for illegal purposes in one way or another. Be it you're buying a warhead or you're paying to have your hard drive decrypted. Yeah. Oh, Florida. (laughs) It's always Florida, isn't it? It really is. It really, really is. Um, Into other new kids, technology, old fogies using old systems. I don't know how to make this sausage work. Um, The TSA has specific locks. TSA-approved locks you can put on your luggage. If ever you have a, a suitcase that's older than a certain age, and I forget what that age is, but a lot of the old ones had built in locks. Well, if they're not TSA compliant and you use it, they will break the lock on your suitcase and then search through it. The idea being that they can do random screening checks or they can run it through a bomb detector or whatever. And if it's a TSA approved lock, they have a set of pre-made keys that can fit any TSA approved lock. Open it up. They can go through it, lock it back up for you. All's good. They'll usually leave a note in there saying, you know, hey, by the way, we checked your bag. We looked for this. This was found or nothing was found. Um, the plans for those keys got out, and they have been 3D printed now. So, they're out in the wild. 
Now, this really bothers me how this all came to be. Um, I mean, let's let's face it: the locks that we put on our suitcases are glorified paper clips. I mean, they're not going to keep anybody who wants. Let's go safety pin. Safety pin seems more apt. Yeah, safety pin. Um, I'll 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 give you that. They're they're not there to really keep people out. They're more there to keep your luggage from opening up when it travels. And so they're not really for security, but it's nice to know that not anybody can easily get in without having to. I don't know, pry it with their fingers or something and and break it. Or just rip your zipper off or whatever. That sounded dirty. Uh, Anyways, the thing that really bothers me about this is this all started about a year ago when a newspaper, who was it? The Washington Post published a nice clear photo of all seven of the keys. They put it out there in the wild for everybody to see. Said, this is what the keys look like. And, I mean... Why not just publish the nuclear codes while you're at it, people? It's like these quote-unquote journalists don't even think about possible repercussions of of their stories or their actions, and that that really bothers me. Yeah, remember uh, Operation Desert Storm? Colin, that was a war a while back. Um, Oh, was it? Yeah. Were you alive then? Man. Uh, No. I didn't think so. And, And the Iraqi forces were watching CNN to try and figure out where American forces were moving because CNN was covering it and broadcasting it live. Yeah. Well, and with with the whole Iraq war, Geraldo Rivera was there drawing out, this is where we've been, this is where we're going. He's drawing it in the sand and showing everybody who's watching Fox News. I mean, you got to be smart, people. Stop, stop being these idiots that give journalism a bad name yeah we're tired of you making us look bad geraldo yeah. <laughs> go back to opening up al capone's safe again colin that was like an old-timey reference google, it. google it google it yeah google it. all right uh, our last uh headline i don't know what's worse here uh they've been finding that uh, selfie addicts that's the actual term used in the article are suffering repetitive stress injuries you know things that used to happen when you type too much or have to do the same action over and over again well, evidently, holding your phone up like a tool and taking a picture of yourself too many times is actually starting to wear on people's wrists and hands. And apparently their faces, according to this article. Look at what's on that woman's face. That's just weird. <laughs> also, I have no clue what's going on in that picture behind them. Now we've all got to look here and... It's just, I don't understand. Yeah. Yeah, I, I feel, yeah. There, just l- click on the link. It's in the show notes. Go look at the picture. You'll know what he's talking about. But, yeah, I guess this is a real thing. Selfie elbow. And they say it's every bit as real as text claw and iPod hand, or excuse me, iPad hand. Symptoms include pain, reduced range of movement, and loss of strength. 
Can't we all just go back to taking selfies in the bathroom with the toilet uncomfortably in the background, like we used to do back in the golden age? Oh, and the back turf in the MySpace days? It. Just saying. Now, there is one more headline here. Um, nope. Last pass. Hacks, oh, yes, hashtag HacksZoner is in full effect. <sighs> <laughs> there is a bug, a critical zero-day flaw. That, was. They fixed it, yes. I think, this morning, actually. It, it has been discovered uh, that could allow any remote attacker to basically get into LastPass and screw you over hard. So if you use LastPass, uh, change your password. I used to use it. Uh, so I don't know. Maybe that's why it's not as bad as it could have been. <laughs> if you still used it, they'd be still having problems. Oh, uh, yeah, most likely. Yeah. All right. We'd all be affected. Into our favorites. Mine is a cracked video, and we've given our disclaimer on these before, that if uh, you you go to that rabbit hole, you will never get back out. This one uh, talks about some political ads you probably have never seen. For every presidential election you've kind of paid attention to, there are hundreds, if not thousands, of local elections that you probably didn't even know were happening which is unfortunate. You should pay attention to your local elected officials. But their ads can be bad. We're talking really, really, really bad. So um, go ahead, hate on the DNC or the GOP convention. Hate on the major candidates all you want. Just know it could have been worse. And uh, check out this video. Maybe not at work. And I am betting, Zook, that nobody out there is agreeing with you that it could have been worse, that it could be worse. <laughs> uh, the ads. I'm talking specifically about the ads. Oh, okay. Not the candidates themselves. Look, okay. look I, I think Trump's an idiot, but at least he never came walking out of a lake wearing like really, really tight-fitting boxer briefs and nothing else. That, that we know of. Yeah. <laughs> okay, my favorite this week uh, is... Something that Zook actually told me about a couple weeks ago. We finished recording the show, and he said, you need to get this and put it up on your network. It's called Piehole, and it's essentially a network ad blocker. It is wonderful. So I went and I bought a Raspberry Pi, and I installed Piehole on this, and I put it on my network, and I'm in... I'm in it all when you factor in the Raspberry Pi and the accessories I got with it. About 40 bucks, I think, is all I've spent. And I tell you what, this is freaking awesome. I have no, no ads anywhere on my network on any of my devices. And it is the best thing ever. So thank you, Zook, for that. And you listeners, go check it out. All right. And mine comes from the glorious Pokemon Go. Uh, a uh, new uh, Zukazuka video. Yes. Uh, which is basically uh, an awesome video on when Pokemon Go gets a little too real and apparently you catch humans. It's pretty hilarious. In a kind of human trafficking sort of way, sure. Yeah. Yeah, okay. It's just that we're on the same page there. 
All right. Well, that is our show this week. Um, again, thanks for the feedback, everyone. Thanks to all of our sponsors. Hey, check out Salt Lake Comic Con. Uh, get tickets while you still can. We'd love to see you there. And who knows? Maybe you'll be killed by a shark. Um, and until, uh, let us know what you're thinking. Feedback at StolenDroids.com. Give us a call, 801-917-GEEK. Follow us on Twitter. Friend us on Facebook. And until next time, cheers. See you when I resurrect. <laughs> Good day. This has been a Stolen Droids Media Production.